Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. This is your weekly podcast, delivering you the insight, ideas, and inspiration to successfully change and transform in our ever-evolving world of retail. Enjoy listening. Hey, welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. My name is Oliver Banks. I'm your host and I work directly with retailers as a consultant and an advisor to drive effective transformation. Finding the best solution for the complex business challenges that we face today and identifying the ideal operating model, boosting profitability and improving customer experience. Thanks for tuning in today. This one is episode 252, number 252. Resale, re-commerce, pre-loved, second-hand. This is a huge trend and a massive disruptive force in retail right now and for the foreseeable future. Many different brands and businesses are really seriously looking at how they can introduce meaningful routes for resale into their business. And customers are rapidly starting to demand this opportunity. But to help us understand more, I'm delighted to be joined by Adam Siegel, the co-founder of Recurate, which is a branded resale service that works with 40 plus different retailers and brands such as Michael Kors, Moose Jaw, Steve Madden, Christy Sports, Mara Hoffman and Fry. He was formerly the SVP of Innovation and Sustainability at the Retail Industry Leaders Association, where Adam facilitated collaborations on a whole host of different industry challenges, such as the circular economy. Adam joined me on the virtual stage at Retail Transformation Live back in 2020, where we were already exploring this topic. So he's no stranger to the world of resale. And I'm delighted to welcome him onto the podcast. The show notes for today are going to be over at obandco.uk slash 252. That's obandco.uk slash 252, where you can find out more about Adam and about Recurate as well. Plus, sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing, my free email newsletter that comes out every single week, highlighting key headlines and innovations from around the world so you understand the retail trends as they happen. Keep your finger firmly on the pulse and sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing over at obandco.uk slash 252. So without further ado, let's jump into my conversation with Adam Siegel. Well, a very warm welcome to you, Adam Siegel. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. Well, thank you so much for inviting me, Oliver. I've been a big fan. Well, I'm delighted to have you. You were on the virtual stage at one of my Retail Transformation Live events, and I'm really excited to be diving into our conversation today, all about one of the biggest trends in retail right now, resale. I'm sure everyone has come across resale or re-commerce, but from your point of view, let's just start right at the top. Why is this important? What's valuable about the resale trend? 
Well, first of all, I am excited to hear you say that this is one of the biggest trends in the industry. I certainly feel that way. Of course, I'm biased. But um, <laughs> uh, the, the reason why I think it's important is because over the past decade, even a little bit longer, the resale industry has grown in a truly meteoric fashion in the US, but also in the UK and mainland mm. Europe, Canada, Australia. I mean, you see the growth trends really in most parts of the world. And even today and projected over the next 10 years, the resale market is going to be growing at a much higher clip than the firsthand market for purchasing new products direct from retail. And so it only makes sense for brands and retailers that are producing those products and selling them firsthand to be able to benefit from the growth of that secondhand market. In other words, it's just a brand new channel to engage your customers that hadn't really existed just a few years ago. Mm. It's interesting because it is, a, a I suppose, a, a way of buying products that has existed for many, many years, whether you've got garage sales, car boot sales here in the UK, charity shops, and of course, aspects like eBay started that whole secondhand trend, you know, well, probably a couple of decades ago, whenever eBay started. What's changed? What's new about the current well, trend of resale. I, I, I love that you define it in that way. The, the kind of phases of history um, for resale or secondhand. Um, I completely agree. There have been different phases, just like for the firsthand market. Mm. You know, of course, that's been around for millennia. Uh, <laughs> buying and selling goods new is, has been around since the beginning of time, really. And secondhand is no different. People still see value in the goods they purchase and They've always found a market for that mm. when there truly is some value. What I think has changed with each one of these phases is, is the customer's experience. Mm. So if you think about a garage sale or a thrift store, for example, you know, really the only ways to, to buy and sell secondhand before the late 90s or early 2000s, that's a particular type of experience that's relevant to a particular type of customer. And there were a lot of customers that engaged in buying and selling secondhand in that way. Mm. Um, of course, eBay came around and globalized it, created a whole new way to exchange secondhand goods. And so the experience has changed. Then Poshmark, ThreadUp, The Real Real, Depop, Grailed, you know, they they came around in the early 2010s and changed the experience yet again. Mm. They made it cooler to buy secondhand. And, and the phase of resale that we're in today is what I call branded resale or branded re-commerce. And that's where the brands that, that originally produced the products are now enabling the resale of those products. And you'll see if, if you explore any of the sites that we work with, that the experience has been up-leveled even more. It's even a more elegant experience, and, and that's going to engage a different type of customer. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting what you say about resale becoming cool again. T tell me more about that. Un unpack it a little bit for me. Why is, why is resale cool? <laughs> well, I think there's probably some consumers out there that would take issue with it not being cool before, <laughs> but... No, it's, it just certainly wasn't relevant to all all types of customers. I mean, I just use me as an example. Like, I wasn't the type of shopper that would tend to go into a thrift store and hunt for something that was of interest to me. It certainly is cool to to certain segments of customers, but to other segments like myself, it wasn't. I prefer to have the more in and out experience. I know what I'm looking for. 
You know, so when I think about the online experience, I want high quality imagery of the product. I want to be able to filter and navigate and browse, you know, in a very particular way so that I can hone in on the product that I'm looking for. Mm. And I think that these new third party marketplaces that started up in the 2010s, you know, they they just brought a, a, a more elegant experience to buying and selling secondhand, yeah. which generally is an up level from like the eBay experience, for example. Yes, yes. I'm sure we've all come across those products on eBay, which sound really great. And you get into it it's in a fuzzy picture and a weird angle and you can't quite see the back of it. And <laughs> there's yeah, too, yeah, too many yeah, big exactly. question marks, right? Exactly, exactly. And there's a, you know, there's a whole um, community that have formed around some of these secondhand you know, third-party marketplaces like Poshmark and, mm. you know, they've really built their business social commerce. And so, you know, that's that's another element that's made it cool mm. to participate in those communities. Most definitely, most definitely. Let's take a slightly different look at this. What categories really work well with resale? Obviously, there are some natural winners and uh, some that aren't such a good fit. Tell us, tell us more about what works, both in terms of products, but also actually thinking about uh, customers as well. I, I I love being able to answer this question because what's kind of fun about this industry, the resale market, is that it is hyper transparent. Mm. In other words, it is very easy to tell what brands do well and which ones don't on the secondhand market. Because all you have to do is go to a third party marketplace like eBay or Poshmark and type in the brand name and you'll see for certain brands, there's tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of listings. Mm. Those brands clearly do well on the secondhand market. And of course, there are others that don't do as well as, as that. Mm. Um, so it's actually fairly easy for me as I think about you know each new brand that we work with to determine how big the resale market is or how big the opportunity is for their particular types of products or the brand themselves. We started with apparel and that's just because the uh, secondhand market for apparel is pretty big and it was already pretty well known yeah so you know our leading brands were in apparel but we quickly branched out to other forms of fashion like footwear handbags we're getting into other types of accessories as well now so you know there's certainly a, a large market for the secondhand or pre-loved fashion but we've also started getting into completely other categories like outdoor gear, sporting equipment. We work with Moose Jaw, which is a uh, Midwestern outdoor retailer yep. here in the US. They used to be owned by Walmart, but now it's uh, owned by Dick Sporting Goods. Toys, kids and baby. So, you know, there's there's really wide variety of product categories for which the resale market is already big, but we can see is also growing pretty significantly as well. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned toys and uh, sort of baby and kids wear because it seems like so many of those products, some of course get worn to proverbial death, <laughs> but so many have got so much life left in them when they don't fit anymore. Or, you know, if it's a toy, it's not of interest anymore. And it's, yeah, it's great to, to see that market starting to come through as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I have two young boys and so I get to experience it firsthand. You know, you buy something for them, and then two months later, it just doesn't fit them anymore. And, you know, <laughs> we do hand-me-downs for so long, or they get bored of a toy, and you end up with just crates of, of their unused toys uh, in your garage. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I think that the opportunity is just really endless for 
that category in particular. Mm. Are there any categories that it is not such a good fit for? Well, we haven't necessarily found categories for which it's not a good fit, but I will say that certain categories might require different models. Mm. And that's one thing that we think a lot about is, you know, we've been using the term resale or re-commerce in this conversation, but the reality is there's a bunch of models underneath those broader umbre- umbrella topics. Mm. So, you know, I'll just give you a, a few examples. Yes, please. Peer to peer or customer to customer is one common form, like Depop, for example. You know, I, if I'm an, a, a seller and, you know, I have a pair of Steve Madden boots that I want to list, I can go on to Depop or Poshmark and list it for sale. And then someone else can come along and buy it from me. Mm. That's actually where we started with branded peer to peer marketplaces. But there are other categories too, like take back. You know, you could imagine that the store, we work with Michael Kors, the store could offer take back where you go into the store, you you bring your pre-loved Michael Kors handbag, they collect it, they give you a small store credit, and then we go and list that item on the branded marketplace. So there's different types of resale models. And to your question about what categories might not work, I think it's not about not working, it's about choosing the right model mm. for each particular category. So just a, another example is that we work with Christie Sports, which here in the US is a major ski and snowboard retailer. Mm. If you go out to you know any of the major slopes out west in the US and you need to rent skis or snowboards, you'd actually go to a Christie Sports and get those skis. So by the end of the season, they have a bunch of used pre-owned skis and snowboards. They've just rented them out for the season. Yep. Historically, they were listing those on eBay, but now they're going to list them. They are listing them through their own branded marketplace. They call it yard sale. The reality is you wouldn't want to do a peer-to-peer marketplace for a lot of those types of products because there's safety considerations. Right, okay, yep. So you know, for them, it makes sense that they own that inventory or they collect that inventory and they can expect it, inspect it. And just one other example would be furniture. You know, furniture, I'm not going to ship my pre-owned couch from where I am in Washington, D.C. on the East Coast to someone who wants to buy it on the West Coast. It's just going to be too expensive. So there needs to be different resale models associated with that type of category. Yeah. And some categories, of course, will need a little bit of sprucing up, I suppose we could say. I certainly remember in the UK, Screwfix selling sort of power tools for for DIY and tradesmen, they operate a a system whereby they take in a power tool and they will sort of give it a test, you know, both in terms of electrical safety, but also making sure that it's got all the components and actually then taking in all of their different secondhand goods and saying, oh, actually, this case is broken, but this drill or whatever is perfectly working. So let's adjust them over and make sure we've got a full, complete, perfect set. And then, yes. and then you can continue that and list it for a much more life left in it. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. I think that's a really good example for which a trained eye needs to inspect the product before it goes back out for resale. Yeah, and that guarantees the quality, right? Which helps to protect mm-hmm. the brand imagery, which is, again, you know, certainly for brands, it's going to be an important consideration to make sure that yeah, you don't end up with... With a poor quality, Absolutely. poor quality product Im- impacting reputation. Absolutely. Let's just stay on that trend. How do you see companies 
integrating resale into their business so that it is not just cannibalizing their core brand new sales? And how are you seeing it add value to both existing and new customers? As again, a, a great question, uh, and I'll kind of preface it by saying that from what I'm seeing, we are still really just in the infancy of this discipline around branded re-commerce, you know, brands and retailers owning their resale channel. And so I think there's, there's, we're in a period, but certainly I think it's going to extend even further of a thousand flowers blooming. You know, different brands and retailers are going to try different things to see what works and what doesn't. And, you know, we're here to provide them some guidance, inspiration and support to allow them to try and experiment. Mm. You know, it's like any new channel. I could imagine the e-commerce channel in the early 2000s. There's a, a, a ton of experimentation around it before it became a really refined discipline. Mm. I think re-commerce is just the same. We're in the early phase of that. Some of the interesting things that I've seen so far, well, pretty much everything relates to engaging the customer. You know, this provides you a really novel way in which you can engage your customers. So imagine, Oliver, you are a customer of uh, Michael Kors mm -hmm. and, you know, you've bought a handful of their products. You love their handbags, but you haven't worn one in a while and you find it in the back of your closet. What we allow is Michael Kors to kind of reach out to you and say, hey, Oliver, if, if you're not using or if not wearing any of our products, why don't you come back to our website and list it for sale? Mm. This is one more way by which they can engage you. You go on, you list that item for sale. It sells. Imagine it sells for $100 here in the US. It sells for $100. We'll then give you a $100 gift card to buy your next Michael Kors purchase. So it's just a new way for us to engage you. And then on the other side, so that's the selling yes. side. On the buyer's side, because you know resale marketplaces, there's two sides to every marketplace. On the buyer's side, we noticed that one out of every two customers is actually new to the brand. In other words, they have never purchased with that brand before. And the rationale is that either the price point had historically been too high, so you know they were priced out of that brand's products, yep. or Alternatively, you know, they might have been buying on Poshmark or eBay or one of the third party sites, and now they have an opportunity to buy in a more trusted fashion directly from the brand's website. Yeah. So it's basically just new ways to engage your customers. Yeah, that makes sense. And I suppose, you know, again, thinking about, you know, who's buying resale, there's a there's a cool element, actually, but it also could it could open you up to either customers that are not ready for full on full price purchase, I should say, or perhaps, you know, they're, they're aspiring future customers, right? Exactly. Yes, absolutely. We, we see both. We see all, all of the above customers who were your customers, but you never knew them because they bought your product on Depop. Right. Yep. Now they have the opportunity to buy the product directly from you. So yeah, there's, there's, you know, a whole host of reasons why we're seeing customers attracted to purchase secondhand directly from the brand's site. Mm. And how are you seeing different companies and brands in particular educating customers about this? How are, how are you seeing them promoting, right, oh, by the way, we're now offering resale. We're offering, you know, that branded yeah. opportunity to buy back off a, off a 
vouchers, value, etc. Yeah, well, I think this is this is one of the fun parts about what we do is, again, it goes back to the thousand flowers blooming. We get to see so much interesting innovation. You know, brands can be really fun to work with because they're just so creative and they know their customers mm. so well. So, you know, there's some traditional means by which to educate or raise awareness amongst your customers. You know, we obviously recommend that they do marketing emails periodically to their customers to promote the resale program, social, of course. So, you know, there's the foundational or kind of fundamental ways by which they can engage their customers. But, you know, one example of a new or more creative way to engage, we have a, a brand that we work with called Peak Design. It's higher end camera accessories. So think like uh, camera bags, tripods, et cetera. Yep. They have a fiercely loyal customer community. It's just awesome. And before the program, they actually had an organically developed Facebook group that would form around buying and selling and sharing Peak Design's products. Well, one thing that Peak Design did just recently is host a take back program in their stores. And so for over the course of a week, you could go into any one of their stores and hand over any Peak Design equipment that you were no longer wearing, uh, using, and they would give you a gift card right there on the spot for it. Great way to engage your customers, because not only have you drove store traffic, but you have a customer with space in their closet because they just gave something back yep. and a gift card standing in your store ready to purchase that next Peak Design item. We've done this with a number of brands. We see that it drives foot traffic. We see that it drives loyalty. We even talked with one store manager at one point who said they had one of their highest converting days uh, over the course of the take back event because it drives high quality traffic mm. to their stores. So anyway, there's there's so many ways to engage customers with this new channel that brands now have the opportunity to um, to participate in. And we're just at the very early stages of seeing some create, creative uses for it. Yeah, and particularly, I love that example where there's this community that's already decided this is an opportunity, right? We would like to, as a customer group, we would like to engage in this, you know, what better signal, right? Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Can I pick up on the point about gift cards as well? So you've mentioned you know, returning vouchers or gift cards as the, should we say, the price to buy. Are you seeing that exclusively happening? Are you seeing any retailers or brands handing over cash? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. We generally call it a seller payout. You know, how does the seller get yep. paid? You just listed an item, you sold it, now you need to get paid. Generally, there are two forms of payment. The first is store credit or gift card. That's what we've primarily been talking about. But the second is cash. And, you know, like if you were to sell something on yeah. eBay, for example, you get cash for it. With Recurate, you know, Recurate's a platform by which we power these resale programs. With Recurate, it's a configuration to turn on or off either of those payout options. So almost all of the brands we work with offer the store credit or gift card option. Mm. And that just makes sense to the brand because it's keeping the value within their ecosystem. Yep. About a quarter of the brands we work with also offer a cash payout option. Okay. So in other words, not all of them offer cash, but about a quarter of them do. For the brands that do offer cash, you'd find that they give more in store credit than they do in cash. Okay. So it does tend to 
promote the use of credit rather than selecting the cash payout option if you're a seller. Yeah, that's a that's a good option to give give the customer a choice, but also encourage the behavior of staying within the brand ecosystem, should we say? Right. Well, yeah, and and we find that usually about 75% of sellers choose credit when they're given the option. Mm. And yes, it's probably in part because it's a higher value to choose credit. But I think maybe even more so is that most of the brands we work with just have really loyal communities of customers and they really like the brands. So when they sell a a Claire V handbag, they want to go and buy another one. And so, yeah, we find that that's really the customer behavior that we see most frequently. Yeah, love it. Love it. And I love the customization that you've got there. But you mentioned Recurate. Tell us a bit more about what Recurate does and you know, how can people find out more? So, yeah, as, as I mentioned, Recurate is a, uh, a tech platform that enables branded resale. So we, in, we integrate with brands like Michael Kors, Steve Madden, Moose Jaw, Claire V and some of the others that I mentioned on this call, we enable a new experience directly on those brands' websites. And that's where customers can come and list items for sale. And then other customers can come along and purchase pre-loved items directly on the brand's website. The benefit of what we do is that we primarily use the brand's checkout. And so you can add both a new and used product to a single shared shopping cart and check out with both at once. That's a, a very novel feature in this industry that you don't see yep. across many platforms. And then, you know, most critically, we provide the services to the brand around this resale program so that we can support them in building their customer base, building LTV with their customers and engaging more customers, you know, new customers through resale. So we really try to provide both the technology and the, the service and support. Fantastic. And how can people find out more, Adam? Uh, just go to recurate.com. That's R-E-C-U-R-A-T-E.com. Or feel free to email me, adam at recurate.com. Perfect. That's great. So we'll pop those details on the show notes for everyone, as well as a few examples of where you can go and see Recurate live in action on uh, on one of those uh, brand websites that Adam's just mentioned. So do make sure you head over to the show notes and check those out. Adam, thank you so much for jumping in on this. This is such an important conversation to be having at the moment. Lots of retailers are certainly considering where do do we sit in this? How do we put this into action? And it's an exciting time. I can't wait to see where we're at in just a few years time. Well, thank you, Oliver. Yeah, I, I certainly think this is the inevitability that all brands will own their own resale channel been a pleasure to be here today and thank you so much for the invitation Oliver. appreciate it so much thanks adam a great conversation there with adam siegel from recurate resale is such an important trend right now and it's a key part of enabling the circular economy so if you're wondering what episodes to listen to next then i've got three suggestions for you Firstly, in episode 136, I was delighted to talk to Karen Bendel. We were talking about understanding the circular economy, of which, of course, resale is a key part of that, right? In episode 181, I shared six new business models driven by sustainability 
And spoiler alert, resale is one of those six. So go and find out what the other five are and consider if you need to be thinking about those as well. Moving into the world of resale does have an impact on your ranging and your curation. So join me and merchandising expert Lisa Amlani for episode 225 called Transforming Ranging and Curation. And really consider how resale can fit in alongside other changes that you're making. I'll put all three of those suggestions on the show notes today at obandco.uk slash 252 and head on over there to sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing too so you can understand the retail trends and key themes as they're happening and stay one step ahead of the retail market. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I appreciate you as always. And I look forward to joining you on another episode of the Retail Transformation Show podcast very, very soon. Bye for now.